Welcome everyone to Tamriel Adventures, a show that brings you information from all across the farches of Tamriel. I am your host, Eric, aka Silior, and <laughs> this seems to be a common theme uh, for this summer, but I am sorry for the delay on this episode. Um, I've been really fucking busy lately. Um, a number of things. Um, so... You know, of course, there's school, and I had a, a class that was really kind of kicking my butt there for a bit. It for a minute, I, I just I combined words "bit" and "minute." Uh, I'm gonna leave that in. It's fine. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I had a class that was kind of tough, but I um, worked my ass off on it and got a pretty damn good grade. So I'm happy about that. Um, so, you know, my, my schedule was different during the summer, so um, I was off when, you know, pretty much every, I was working in the morning during the summer, so uh, pretty much everybody else does, it seems. So um, that led to a couple of different things. Uh, number one, just me being able to go and touch grass more when it's daylight out. Um, so, yeah, I uh, have done a lot of walks in nature parks on weeknights. Um, that's one thing my wife and I love to do. And then during the, the weekends, um, during the summer, we like to go and do something, uh, go somewhere, like take a day trip somewhere. So there's been that. Um, playing a lot of games. Um, but, you know, I've also been a lot more social with people. Um just getting out there and hanging out with people in the gaming community, mostly the Fallout community, um, it's it's been great. I've been doing a lot of um, <clears throat> Gato Pub events with Shreds and Jessica Starr, uh, Barley, Jorge, all sorts of people. Um, trying to remember what the last one that I did was with the last episode. Um, there was a, a recent uh, Pioneer Scouts event uh, a couple that lasted a couple of weeks in Fallout 76, and I helped Shreds with that. Um, it was Shreds, uh, Darth Rages, and I, and I think Jorge was there also, and then Barley showed up and crashed the server, but I mean, it was all good. <laughs> You're awesome, Barley. Um, and then... When that was going on, she asked me if I was going to take part in the stream the following night. Uh, it was uh, Rock'em Sock'em Power Armor and then a couple of other things. Um, she meant to do that the week before, but she messed up her shoulder somehow. Uh, I'm not exactly sure how. So the next night was the Rock'em Sock'em Power Armor. Um, and then there were some camp tours that were included with that because it was supposed to be an open bar night. That's all it was supposed to be. But she kind of combined the two nights into one. So it was a pretty long stream. Um, so we did the Rock'em Sock'em Power Armor. I, I'm never in Power Armor. So... That was frustrating at first. Uh, Jessica Tell was getting pissed. Um, and they were like, here, let's give you a loaner. I'm like, no, no, no. Let me just take my beating and go and just, like, chill. It's fine. 
Um, just let them do their thing and we'll, we'll do this and it'll be fun. So I was like, all right, fine. So I just went and hung out in Jess, or not Jess, um, Shred's hot tub while they were uh, doing some tinkering on the power armor because it had some Adam Shop stuff on it or something to where she couldn't drop it for me. And then I kicked Barley's ass. Um, that was fun. <laughs> um, and then we just kind of went about our, our, we did some more camp tours. Uh, we, we toured um, a few camps. We toured Kaiju Kittens Camp, uh, which had a um, fight pit in it too. Um, and one of our shelters, that was fun. We had some um, free-for-all brawls in there. Um, and then we went to, I think it was Lady Gobs Camp that had another fight pit in the soundstage. Um, so yeah, uh, hung out in the hot tub with some people. And uh, Jess and Shreds did the Naked and Afraid uh, fight just kind of randomly. You know, like, here, come here. Shreds was like, all right, come here, Jess. Let's do this. And I sat there uh, eating popcorn, watching them uh, fight each other in their underwear. And uh, XO and King <laughs> took a seat in the stool in the, the ring to watch, get a close-up view of that. Uh, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Um, and then, you know, I've just randomly joined some streams. Like, I, I, uh, uh, hung out with Kaiju Kittens when she was streaming a few nights ago. Um, I've been playing Redfall with Charles Miami. Uh, she helped me finish the main story. And I think I'm, as this, as I'm recording this, this is Sunday the 13th, I think I'm going to be joining her along with Jess and Nuclear Mushroom, um, to help, uh, I think Charo beat Miss Whisper. They, they do random things Sunday nights, uh, just help each other out. Um, but it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Um, so yeah, that, that's kind of what I've been doing this summer, just a lot of, a lot of stuff. So I, um, I, I haven't been, I haven't had as much time to do this or Nintendo. Uh, we did get an episode of Tamriel, or not Tamriel Adventures, that's this show. Um, tapes from the Wastes out where I sat down with Jess, uh, Jessica Starr, and we did an episode on the history of building in games and camp building uh, settlements in Fallout. And then I kind of, we kind of talked about her. United Wastelanders Twitch channel, which unfortunately is on hiatus right now, but I get it. Girl needs a break. She's one of the hardest working people I know in uh, this this sort of thing. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, that, that's kind of what I've been up to, and I kind of an overview of what I've been doing in gaming lately. Um, a lot of Fallout 76. I have played a little bit of ESO. Um, admittedly, not as much as I would like. I've been doing a bit of the um, Necrom chapter. I gotta admit, though, I kind of got stuck. Um, there's a map marker toward the beginning that leads you. You're trying to find a few things, and it leads to this like, like area, and I, I don't know where the hell it's pointing me to. Um, I, I, I'm not describing this very well, but I might just have to come back to that part, but it's really confusing. Um... Yeah, a lot of Fallout 4. Uh, check out um, <clears throat> my friends over at the Fallout feed if you'd like to uh, hear my Fallout 4 gameplay. Um, got a couple of episodes of the Starfield Sandwich podcast out right now. I'm trying to get another one out of those out. Um, 
leading up to the release of Starfield, which is three weeks away, guys. Uh, we're almost there. Uh, can't fucking wait for that. Uh, what else have I been playing? Uh, uh, Diablo 4, been playing that too. The season um, is going on to season one right now. Um, still need to finish the main story, though, with my necromancer, but I started a barbarian character for the season. Um, so that's been fun. Uh, what else have I been playing? Playing a lot of Zelda. So I'm going to be talking about Zelda on the next episode of Nintendo, um, which I do need to get one of those out soon. Um, it's going to be on the Game Genie, and uh, I'm hoping to cover Zelda... Um, along with the Super Mario Brothers movie, because I finally watched that for the first time. Um, let's see. What else have I been... Uh, what else have I been doing? Uh, I think that's really about it. Um, like I said, just a lot of socializing in games, a lot of, um, a lot of gaming, a lot of nature stuff, a lot of getting out and touching grass during the summer while it's actually nice outside. So, uh, yeah, that, that's a lot of, uh, yeah, and that's, that's basically what I've been doing as far as gaming goes. So let's get to the news. So QuakeCon is going on right now. Um, as we speak, uh, definitely check out the streams. Um, speaking of Quake, Quake 2 is now on Game Pass. So I believe this is just for PC. I could be wrong. Uh, if I'm wrong, correct me. It could be on Xbox. But I do know that it's on PC. Definitely check it out if you're a fan of like Doom, uh, Wolfenstein, that sort of thing. Um, lots of sales going on for QuakeCon as well. So let me let me bring up the page here. Um, QuakeCon sales. So save up to 75% on uh, certain games. So uh, Hi-Fi Rush is on sale. Um, Ghostwire Tokyo is on sale. Uh, Let's see what else we got here. A lot. Oh, there's like 21 pages of games. I'm not going to go through. So pretty much any Bethesda game is on sale right now. Deathloop, uh, Skyrim Anniversary Edition, Doom. Um, yeah, I'm definitely not going to go through all of them. Um, 76 is on. Definitely uh, check that out if you're a fan of that. Um, I am, of course, as you know, Wolfenstein. I mentioned that. Um... So yeah, definitely, definitely go check that out. Um, mentioned Starfield earlier. There is a live Q&A going on in the Bethesda Discord this Wednesday. I believe it's Wednesday, the 16th, in their Discord. They're taking questions right now. Um, <laughs> of course, if it's if it's spoilery, they're not going to really reveal it. There is somebody in the ASA podcasting um, community, Jerry, who asked them about aliens like what kind of alien life are we gonna see if any and they didn't answer it so that's making me think that we may actually see aliens in this game i really hope so so yeah um definitely definitely check that out like i said it's on it's in their discord um just if you need access to their discord let me know i will uh, shoot you a link. My guess is you're probably there already. So, anyway, that is what's going on in the news and with me. So, let's get into today's topic, um, and that is dragons. Dragons. 
Alright guys, welcome back. So let's talk about dragons. So typically when people think of dragons when it comes to Elder Scrolls, I mean maybe not so much recently, but um, you know, usually they think of Skyrim because that was the whole gimmick with Skyrim was the dragons. And I mean there was other stuff too, like the Civil War, but most people when they think of Skyrim, they think of dragons. But dragons have been in Elder Scrolls lore really since the beginning. Um, so, you know, let's talk about them. I mean, I'm not like people know what dragons are. You think you hear the word dragon, there's a, an image that pops into your head. So, um, in the Elder Scrolls world, they're also called drakes, worms, dove, or dova. Um, those last two are from their their native language. Yes, in the Elder Scrolls world, if you've played Skyrim or even ESO, dragons speak. Um, that's one thing that makes them fairly unique to the Elder Scrolls world. I mean, yeah, you you watch things like uh, Dragon's Tale or what the hell is that movie called? Uh, Dragonheart. I think that's what I was thinking of. The Dragonheart movies. I'm pretty sure they speak in that. It's It's been forever since I've seen them, but you know what I'm trying to say. It's not, like, if you're in creative or whatever, you, you take things from multiple different sources and kind of make it your own. Um, so yeah, dragons, ha like, speaking in the Elder Scrolls world isn't new, but it's not typically something you see in RPGs. So, with the dragons, they're rumored to be from Akavir, which in their native language literally means dragon land. Uh, but there are uh, ancient tales of dragons also being from Atmora. So, I, who knows? Maybe, maybe they're from both. It wouldn't surprise me. Uh, by the way, I'm getting my information, as always, from the UESP. But uh, these are large-scaled creatures, easily several times larger than a human or an elf. Yeah, they're they're pretty big. Some bigger than others, but uh, yeah, they're definitely big. Um, and they come in different colors. And uh, the, these are more like uh, worms, I, I guess that's why, or wyverns, um, which I, I guess is kind of why um, they're called that. Now, so these. Their, their wings are literally like their arms. Like, they don't have wings and arms like some variations of dragons do in um, IPs. So, but they, they do have their own language, as I mentioned. And uh, they're, one thing that's kind of unique with Elder Scrolls is they have an affinity for magic. So they have the ability to speak and fly despite their lack of lips or the fact that their wings are not naturally strong enough to support their heavy torsos. Um, like I said, there, there are several different varieties of dragons that come in a range of colors and they're blessed with remarkable intelligence. Like, yeah, you, you talk to Parthenax and others, I mean, others too, but they're definitely intelligent um, but they're nonetheless susceptible to feelings of pride and melancholy uh, melancholy we see that with Alduin uh, especially the pride part so they're naturally distrustful of other creatures even each other but despite this they're also somewhat social and can be driven mad by captivity and isolation we see that with uh, 
Odving, I think that's what his name is, or or no, I'm sorry, the one that you trap in um, Cloud, not Cloud Ruler Temple, uh, Dragon's Reach. Apologies. Um, he he definitely didn't like being trapped. So I, I mentioned this in the Akatosh episode, but they are children of Akatosh, um, and they're especially attuned to the flow of time as they. And they feel as uh, this this makes them special, um, and it makes them feel like they need to dominate others as uh, that is near impossible. Uh, their their desire to do that is impossible. Um, but we do, like I said, see that with Parthenax. Um, he has a very uh, gr- awesome quote about that sort of thing um, when you confront him about his misdeeds of the past um let me let me find it here so he does admit his wrongdoing but he also um tries to show you which i I believe he does a very good job of this just by the fact that he's willing to help you as much as he is um that he's truly changed um he's not saying he's innocent but he's saying that he does deserve a second uh, second chance at redemption so yeah he has a quote here that is very profound actually in my opinion it says what is better to be born good or to overcome your evil nature through great effort and yeah because i mean change isn't easy regardless of who you are and what you it's just it i mean there's there's the saying a, a tiger can't change his stripes but I don't believe that's true when it comes to human beings, or dragons in this case. So let's, let's continue here. So part of their affinity for magic comes through their shouts. That is one way that dragons in the Elder Scrolls world are unique, set apart from other mythological dragons, is... Number one, they speak, but when they do speak, sometimes it comes out in a dragon shout. And that is, that kind of goes along with their magic. Like, they have shouts for so many different things. I mean, anybody who's played Skyrim knows this. But with their shouts, speaking and fighting kind of go hand in hand. Like, they're verbal debates. They're not so much, like magic clashes their verbal debates but they can be deadly um they're also known for their uh, so smear their blood allegiance uh, which is a, ma- a mystically binding pact with an unbreakable bond with, and this is stronger than any vow uttered by a mortal which causes the dragon bound by it to pay their debt by the ancient magic um another way that dragons in the elder scrolls world are uh, unique is the fact that they're actually immortal. Um, we this comes to play in the Elder Scrolls uh, with Skyrim. So yeah, their physical form can be destroyed, and they appear to have been killed, but they can come back. Um, we if you if you played Skyrim, you might have encountered Alduin resurrecting dragons. I mean, yeah, there's the one in. Uh, uh, Karthspire, I think is or no, Kynesgrove, I apologize, Kynesgrove, we actually watch 
Alduin resurrect a dragon there, but if you just kind of explore, <clears throat> excuse me, sometimes you can actually see that happen just on its own. Um, so yeah, while you're running around doing whatever, Alduin is actually going around on the map resurrecting these dragons. And yeah, that, that, that was a hell of a thing to witness. And there are groups of people who go about trying to uh, slay dragons. I mean, dragon uh, the blades were actually ancient dragon slayers back in the you know in Mythic ages and first era. But <clears throat> excuse me, the the thing that keeps the dragon alive, regardless, is its soul. Um, if it has a soul, its body can be resurrected and it can go about its business as if nothing happened. Also, the soul does contain a lot of the information of the dragon itself, which also comes into play in Skyrim when you absorb the soul of dragon. Um, when you're finally killing the thing, when um, you, you can use the dragon soul to unlock the word's power for the dragon tongue. So, which um, is how you're able to, as a dragonborn, master the way of the voice so easily when it's taken the graybeard's how long on uh, the top of High Hrothgar. It is possible for dragons to be dangerous without a soul. Uh, it should be noted here. Necromancers can use the remains of dragons to do their bedding. Uh, we do see this in um, Skyrim as well, in the Soul Cairn. So, <laughs> skeletal dragons, yeah, that, that's uh, absolutely terrifying. There is also a note here that the Toshraka, um, which is the leader of the tiger people of the Kapotun in Akavir, has successfully transformed himself into a dragon. Um, they're called dragonlings. I've, I've they're sometimes found in the Iliac Bay, but they're actually just oversized lizards unrelated to Akatosh in any way, shape, or form. So, let's get into the history of dragons here. Let's start with the... Uh, there, it, there is a note here that says that dragons have existed since before um, time, really, in the Dawn Era, but they're initially as wild as anything else, but it was Alduin, who is known as the Firstborn, who actually created their civilization. So that's kind of why Alduin was called the Firstborn. Um, although that's a, a title that he took <laughs> a little too seriously. Like, he tried to actually replace Akatosh. But yeah, that did. we all know how that worked out. So let's start with the Marithic Era. So during the Marithic Era, dragon priests kept the population enthralled and obedient by means of widespread dragon-worshipping cults. Um, yeah, I talked about this a lot in one of my earlier episodes. There's the dragon priest, dragon cult, um, Draugr. It's one of, it was a spooky episode um, around Halloween uh, back when I first got started. And uh, I mentioned also that Draugr were the were the remains of uh, these cultists, and the the Draugr, or not the Draugr, but the uh, dragon priests were the leaders of these cultists. 
So the center of power in Skyrim of this dragon empire is thought to have been Bromjunar. Bromjunar. I think that's how you pronounce that, Bromjunar. Uh, where the dragon priests decided matters of their law. Nordic legend holds that Alduin led his brethren and the once benevolent minions to terrorize and subjugate the mortal races, triggering a rebellion. The dragons been, began indiscriminately slaughtering them under the orders of Alduin, who had chosen to forsake his proper duties and conquer the land. Yeah, this is when Alduin starts kind of going nuts. So this is where the Dragon War is. Uh, during the, the Dragon War, uh, mortals found ways to kill the dragons who were previously thought undefeatable. And this is when we see the um, the, the war take place, like when you, you um, tear, like you, you uh, actually open a dragon uh, break. Dragon break, sorry. Uh, words are hard sometimes. So what you're doing when you actually witness the past where those three people send Alduin forward in time, that's a dragon break. I've, I did a whole episode on dragon breaks, but that this is when uh, that takes place. It's during the Merithic era. And uh, so, yeah, people were actually finding a way to kill dragons, but Alduin was unique, and we all know why that is. But it also mentions here that Parthenax took pity on the Nords um, and instructed several in the ways of the Thum so that they could channel the, the power of their own voice. Um, and that comes into play with the Dragonrend uh, shout that you learned from Parthenax. So let's talk about uh, Kunzari and the demons. So in the Merithic era when elsewhere was composed of 16 kingdoms, Calgruntid, I think, Calgruntid, yeah, Calgruntid, um, and his rage of dragons came to dominate the land and seeking to consume the moon's lunar power. Um, Calgruntid actually kind of helps you in ESO uh, during the Elsewhere chapter if you have played that. So... The Khajiit hero Kunzari uh, recruited four companions. There's Nurarian, the perfect, uh, Flintfield, the demon hunter, Anequina, sharp tongue, and Sir Cadwell. We all know who Cadwell is. And when fighting them to uh, prove to be futile, Cadwell suggested that it may be best to convince the dragons that they were willing to aid them in their plans. In preparation, Anequina attuned to the Shadow Dance Temple, making the moons align to form an eclipse, allowing the moon gate of Anequina to open a portal to the plane of Jode, where the object the dragons desired is Jode's core, and that uh, Jode's core rested there. That is interesting, because Jode is actually one of the moons, so you actually get to go to the moon, one of the moons. So the dragon's ambitions would be their undoing. Um, yeah, I'm not going to get into that because that kind of gets into spoilers with uh, ESO. A little bit. Not much because, I mean, ESO takes place during the second era. But um, that kind of deals with some of the plot. So let's talk about the first era. This is not very long. So sometime in the first era, the dragon threat reemerged in elsewhere. The hero Jandari formed an alliance with Raymond's dragon guard and the red dragon Nafalar. Uh, I've heard some of these dragon names. That's the only reason why I know how to pronounce them. Nafalar, um, sorry. Uh, Jandari was tasked by Alkosh, uh, the uh, Khajiit uh, representation of Akatosh, 
um, to use the mask of Alkosh to extinguish the creature that threatened to unravel to unravel all of time, Latvalon, the demon from the east. Jandari, uh, Jadari petitioned Nafalar to imbue the magic, the mask of Alkosh with his power to help defeat his ancient foe, Latvalon. <laughs> In an act he would later regret, he refused, leaving the dragon guard to fight Latvalon with limited power. Yeah, he really should have powered that mask up, man. Um, that would ultimately succeed in imprisoning Latvalon, but it cost Jandari her life. And upon death, she was asked to join Alkosh in a realm beyond even the sand beyond the stars, or behind the stars. So here's where we get into the main dragon story of ESO. So you retrieve, after the, the Wrath Stone was retrieved in Second Era 582, the Imperial Battle Mage Abner Tharn, uh, yes, Tharn, uh, in relation to Jagar Tharn, played by, uh, played by Alfred Molina, who played Dr. Octopus in the Spider-Man movies. Um, yeah, he's kind of an asshole <laughs> in the game. Uh, a lovable asshole, but still an asshole nonetheless. Um, Abner Tharn inadvertently unleashed the dragons from their containment from the halls of the Colossus, uh, thus causing them to continue their quest for the moon's lunar power. Yeah, that is the prologue quest. That happens during the prologue quest for elsewhere. Um, so the dragons allied themselves with the forces of qu the Queen of Rimen, um, or Euraxia Tharn, um, yes, in relation to Abner. Um, and they were led to believe that the dragons were willing to be used as tools. Yeah, that, that doesn't work very well. Um, the dragons were quick to cross Euraxia when she was no longer able to use them and was left without their aid against the forces of the Elsewhere Defense Force as well as the Vestige. So, yeah, um, the dragons in... I'm not going to get into a ton of the plot for this, um, just in case you want to play it for yourself, but the Elsewhere chapter, I, I loved the Elsewhere chapter in ESO. Very cool. Um, you get to see a lot of the different first stocks of Khajiit. There are different uh, forms, there are uh, breeds. It's really cool to see. Um, definitely, definitely check it out. The more often than not, like you can actually find dragons just roaming elsewhere. They're world bosses in the game, so definitely don't take one on by yourself. If you've played Skyrim, you, you're used to being able to take on dragons yourself. That's not so much the case here. I mean, you can. There are story plot points where you have to take on a dragon. Um, but if you're just taking on a world boss, yeah, definitely, definitely don't do that um, on your own. So let's let's skip the rest of that story. Um, like I said, just in case you want to experience it for yourself. I'm not I'm okay with spoilers, like even always spoilers, because this has been out for a few years now. Um, the Elsewhere chapter is one of the earlier ones, if I remember right. But still, um, I like to show a little bit of respect there. So let's talk about the disappearance of the dragons. So the dragons became more elusive after losing their grip on power. Their numbers dwindled over the years many, due to many different causes. So the population of Akvir was wiped out by the Tessica, uh, I think it's, I don't know, T-S-A-E-S-C-I, who also brought their onslaught to Tamriel. 
the Akaviri Dragon Guard and its successor, the Blades, uh, that's why you see a lot of Akaviri weapons when you first join the Blades in Oblivion. Um, because the Blades were actually its successors to the Akaviri Dragon Guard. Um, with other heroes, uh, they hunted the dragons and their followers throughout the eras until the dragons were nearly extinct. Nearly extinct. Not completely, nearly. Uh, Tiber Septim offered those who remained protection in return of, uh, for their fealty. Despite his pledge, almost all known wild dragons were killed off, or killed or driven off, disappearing from sight in Tamriel. Until the Fourth Era, but we'll get there. Some sources claim that all the dragons disappeared at once by being devoured by a dragon king or absorbed by Tiber Septim when he ascended to Godhead. Many held the belief that the dragons were extinct, but this obviously wasn't true, as live dragons continued to exist throughout the third and in early fourth era. Um, nomads in the Akaviri, or, sorry, Alakir Desert frequently spoke of the great worms inhabiting its vassal, or, I'm sorry, vast wastes, although these claims were never independently confirmed. The Akatosh Chantry held dragons as their holy symbol and keep tamed dragons in their sacred grove. Many ancient legends tell, the dra tell of the dragons making deals with other races to protect themselves. According to Brarilu Theron, at least one dragon is known to have laired in the smoking ruins of Vardenfell after the Red Deer. But, yeah, we don't really see dragons during the Third Era, which is why a lot of people thought that they were gone. They must have just really been in hiding during that time. So, we've pretty much covered the Fourth Era. I've talked a lot about Skyrim throughout the episode, so we all kind of know what happens there. Um, Alduin uh, reemerges and starts resurrecting all the dragons and has plans to take over the world and um, eat the world really I mean because he's known as the world eater also um, which brings your character into play um, whenever dragons are around a dragonborn shows up um, so it's literally a person born with the soul of a dragon which is why you're able to um, learn their language as easy as you are as easily as you are um, not to mention you also like being a, a dragonborn, you have the ability to absorb dragon souls, which, of course, we know is the big shtick of Skyrim. And that helps you unlock their uh, words of power. You learn, you learn part of their knowledge. But um, the reason why Alduin was never killed i mean he, he was never defeated really is because they used an elder scroll to send him forward into the future instead of trapping him or killing him they didn't really have a way to kill him um because they they didn't they weren't dragonborn they didn't have the ability to absorb his soul so they just did what they thought was best to save their world as it was but <laughs> that was kind of a band-aid just yeah let's let other people worry about it uh, it's fine he's not going to destroy the world somebody in the future will stop him it turns out that there was somebody in the future that stopped him your character and 
you know, you, you fight him once um, on uh, the throat of the world, and you weaken him, but you didn't entirely kill him, so he goes to Sovngarde to absorb more souls, and that's where you uh, you make the trip to Sovngarde and take him out. So, yeah, who knows uh, what uh, the future holds for dragons. Um, I, I, there's still some around. I mean, yeah, you're kind of, you're still encountering dragons in the game after you defeat Alduin. So, you may or may not have completely taken them out. Who knows? Um, Elder Scrolls Six is still a little bit away, unfortunately. And who knows if they'll actually return at all. We don't know. I mean, they came back for ESO. That chapter released after Skyrim. But uh, who, who knows? But uh, we got some uh, we've got some artifacts here that we can talk about here briefly. So there's dragon horns. Uh, we saw this with the dragon guard in Skyrim. Or no, I'm sorry. Uh, this was an ESO. Actually, we we found dragon horns in ESO, and they are used to weaken dragons a little bit, uh, not completely take them out. But it did make um, specific dragons uh, vulnerable. So then we, of course, we got all the dragon priest masks, which uh, are enchanted. Those are definitely fun to collect. Uh, just go take out... I mean, dragon priests are no joke. But collecting their masks is kind of fun. And um, the the dragon priest masks do are named uh, based on the dragon priest in the dragon language. So, yeah, um, definitely <laughs> collecting the, the dragon priest masks are definitely fun. Um... Next up is the Dragon Bone Male, or the Dragon Bone Curus. It is thought to be one of the greatest artifacts any collector or hero could own. While many fine pieces of armor have been constructed with real dragon bone, you can do that in Skyrim, along with dragon scales, the named Dragon Bone Male was enchanted by the first Imperial Battle Mage of Tiber Septim, who is Zurin Arctus in the early years of the Third Era. It's described as being truly exquisite, an truly exquisite piece of work, and many people have sought to possess it. The properties of the Curus allow the wearer to resist fire and any damage an enemy with a blast of fire, uh, and to damage any enemy with a blast of fire. Little is known about the involvement of Zern Arctus uh, with the enchantment of the Curus, but an old tale speaks of a debt that he owed to a traveling warrior. Like the warrior, the dragonbone male never stays put for long. Yeah, pretty much uh, any. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's not a Daedric artifact, but my guess is that uh, it kind of acts like one. Now there's Fearstruck, which is a Daedric artifact created by Boethia. It is. It took the form of a shield, and it belonged to Lysiris or Lysisis. Lyricius, Lyricius, that's how you pronounce that, who is a hero uh, from Tamriel famous for leading his army against the Akaviri slave traders in their home of Akaviri. The shield was unfortunately utterly destroyed in the first era by the fiery breath of a worm who Lyricius encountered after his army was routed. That sucks. Um, next up is Goldbrand, which uh, we've seen in the games. 
It's an ancient artifact created by the dragons of the north, which takes the form of a golden katana. According to the legends, they first bestowed the blade upon the Nordic warrior Sivder, um, who is the ancestor to the modern Battleborn clan, who is sworn to protect them. It contains the power of Boethia and burns those that it strikes. So next up is the Mask of Alkosh, which I mentioned earlier in this episode. Um, it is a holy relic of the dragon cat Alkosh. His light willing it to, into existence to help mend the tapestry of time. And it's worn by the champions of the Pride of Alkosh. It was, the, it was first worn by Jadari, the Endless, the first champion of Alkosh and the founder of the Pride of Alkosh. A dragon must awaken the, dom- the dormant power within the mask before it can be used, but when it's empowered, it imbues, imbues the wielder known as the Mask Bearer with extraordinary power. It doesn't really say what that power is, but there you go. And finally, we've got the Ward of Akavir. The Ward of Akavir is a priceless artifact treasured by the Imperial Legion. It's a tower shield with the Imperial Dragon Scale design on it, made from the actual skin of a dragon. It bears the powerful enchantment which makes the wearer, I'm sorry, the wielder far less lucky. It, it says the word luckier here, but I don't think that's actually a, a word. Its origins are unknown, but its name implies that the artifact is related to the continent of Akavir in some way. It was originally possessed by the Imperial Legion, and it was stored within Fort Firemouth, an Imperial outpost located on the inner sea of Marwind. I thought fart, Fort... Fart. Uh, I'm going to leave that in because it's funny. Uh, Fort Firemouth. Uh, I thought that sounded familiar. Yeah, you encounter that in Marwind. Sometime in the Third Era, an undeadly skeleton army led by uh, Lich Grurum, Grurum, I don't know, uh, marched out of the sea and overran the fort, leaving few survivors. To the Legion's shame, the word of Akavir was lost. Gurun, I'm going to say Gurun, claimed it for himself and took it deep underground to a Velothi tomb located below the fort. So, that is it as far as the history of dragons. We have several named dragons in this uh, article here. So, I could do another episode on that. Um, Just kind of go through each dragon individually. If you would like to see that, let me know. But I think I'm going to leave it there for now. Um, yeah, it, it's been a while since I've done an episode, I will admit, as I said at the beginning of this episode. And pretty damn busy. Um, I didn't even mention any, everything. Like, I actually got together with um, another Fallout 4, or I'm sorry, Fallout 76 uh, podcaster. Uh, not specifically Fallout 76, but a, a Fallout uh, podcaster, um, Dawn. Uh, sassy lady from the Fallout Roundtable. We got together and played uh, Fallout 76 for several hours a few nights ago. That was a lot of fun. Um, speaking of which, I'm going to be guesting on that show here in a couple weeks. Really looking forward to that. Um, so if you need more uh, Sulior in your life, <laughs> um, I will be on the Fallout Roundtable here in a couple weeks. So definitely check that out. I believe we're going to be talking about the Great War um, not the Elder Scrolls Great War, but the Fallout Great War, uh, the bomb drops uh, day. And some theories that uh, go along with that. So definitely check that out. Uh, as always, like I said, I'm always uh, 
um, recording my feedback for the Fallout feed, um, sending that in. We should be doing an episode of the Starfield Sandwich podcast here pretty soon, talking about uh, things we would like to see in the game um, leading up to its release, because that's less than a month away, y'all. We're all really excited for Starfield. Um, got an episode of Nintendo coming up soon as well. Uh, I'm going to be talking about the Game Genie along with um, Tears of the Kingdom and um, uh, the Super Mario Brothers movie. Hopefully uh, KDB and I can sit down and talk about the Super Mario Brothers movie soon. But um, yeah, that is really it as far as this episode goes. Uh, been a lot more active on Twitter recently. I'm not going to call it X because it's always going to be Twitter in my opinion. Um, so yeah, definitely, definitely um, hit me up on Twitter and Instagram. My handle is iangold08. You can also find the show at tamrielp. I've been tweeting a lot more from my personal account lately. Not so much. Um, the show's accounts uh, have a little bit here and there, just not a lot. Only when it, it's relevant to the uh, subject like Elder Scrolls or Fallout or you know Starfield. So yeah, definitely uh, my personal account, I'm a lot more active with that. You can also find me on Blue Sky. I'm now on Blue Sky um, at iangold.bsky.social. Um, so yeah, definitely, definitely check me out on social media. Uh, I still stream sporadically here and there. Um, so if you're wanting to uh, find me on Twitch, it's at Sulior, and that'll do it. I'm gonna quit rambling because I've been going on and on uh, rambling. So anyway, that is it for this episode. So until next time, stay safe, adventurers.